Well, we're back, y'all. Another episode of Bay Machine, your podcast for all gay and geeky things from a Black queer perspective. I am Victor. And I'm Nick. And it's been a long time coming. I think life just got in the way for a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, but what's new? What's new with you, Victor? How you been? Well, it's the holidays. I feel like the holidays just came out of nowhere. Like, we're already... I will say that every fucking year. I know, but it just feels like it was just November 1st. I just paid rent. Did I turn to pay rent today? And so November did get up out of there like you had to go somewhere. <laughs> Literally, like an introvert at a party. And so it was just like, you know, here we are. No, December. Literally December the 2nd. Uh... But you know, it's it's good. The weather's been weird, back and forth, cold, a little warm, cold. Um windy, it's been very windy lately. Um, but you know, can't complain. Happy to be in a nice sunny spot. Um, like I said, the holidays are coming soon. So next thing you know, it's gonna be 2024 election year. Jesus Christ. I, let me go ahead and re-up my edibles right now. <laughs> How about you? What's going on with you? Okay. Well, okay, I, I celebrated a birthday. Yes. Earlier. Uh, celebrated an uh, anniversary. Mm -hmm. Went to Vegas. Yes. Which, Vegas was good. Um, we didn't win money, but it was good. It was fun. Um, lately, I have been in a really raw mood. There had been a situation I will not discuss on here that has gotten me pissed off a little bit. But other things that have gotten me pissed off that have contributed to my recent downturn of a mood has been social media and how black queer men have been um, looked at on and ad either admired or undesired on social media. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm just, this episode, y'all, is just kind of a, a hodgepodge of what's going on in our thoughts. And we might have to talk about other like geeky stuff, but right now I got some shit to get off my chest. And it has to do with social media. Um, Twitter, I do not like going on Twitter anymore. I do not like saying the same old dumbass conversation that a bunch of you dumbass niggas do every fucking day as far as, oh, uh, why were they doing just that at uh, DC Gay Black Pride? Oh, uh, if this man starts twerking on me uh, in the whirlpool, then I'm leaving. Nigga, he wasn't twerking on you in the first fucking place, so what do you give a good goddamn, number one? Number two, we had already talked about jet setting and the uh, the dolls doing the dances at DC Pride six months ago. We are not doing that same motherfucking conversation again. If you don't, if you find that offensive, you if you think that is too baggage for you or too gay for you, then just don't go. I am so sick of these niggas 
that are just party poopers every goddamn day that has something like it really irks the dog shit out of me. And you niggas talk about the same fucking conversation every day. I feel like that man on school days when he's like, you <laughs> niggas are doing the same shit every day. Like, come on, y'all. Do y'all have jobs? Like, get those calls out of that queue and get to work. Oh, no, you didn't. So, like, that is just irritating me. And all of a sudden, everybody is an expert on geopolitical politics, on climate change, on um, the characteristics of gender, on sexuality, on every fucking thing. And I am just like, will y'all please go have a nap? So I'm not on Twitter as much. So I'll go to Blue Sky. Blue Sky is I think a lot of people think that this was this utopia. And I don't think it's a utopia in a sense that it's a glorified a glorified grinder type of social media. Sure, there are, are other conversations that are happening on there as far as political, racial, uh, gender, sexuality, whatever the means, the case may be. But it is often hard for queer Black men to get a footing in that space unless they are dropping news. And I have seen it, and I don't need anybody or anyone to tell me what I am seeing for myself. Like, you say something, you want to engage with people on an intellectual level and debate them. However, you can't get any traction unless you are showing news. And when it comes to the pictures that are being shown on Blue Sky, I feel that a lot of it is heavily centered around white queer men. Sure, there are a lot of black queer, black and brown queer men that show their pictures on there, whatever those pictures may be. However, it is disproportionate. Um, and I feel there's a, let me say this as an example. You feel, let's say you take a picture of yourself and it's you and a job. Hypothetically, I'm speaking for myself. Mm -hmm. I, uh, and actually, I'm speaking for myself. Mm -hmm. So, if you want to post this picture, let's say this picture gets like maybe 14 likes. You're like, okay, cool. You see somebody else, let's say they're in the same job, they're doing the same photo, photo in the same place, and they get like more likes than you, 50, 100, 200. And you're like, okay, well, I know I look good, but if there's something, you start playing those scenarios if there's something wrong with how I look. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's not anything how I look. Okay, is it my skin? Are they not desirable to Black people or Black men? And then you start going through all of these crazy scenarios that you're making up, and it doesn't feel like when you talk to somebody about it, they almost treat you as you're either you're crazy or you're uh, 
vain or you're worried about the other a wrong thing or they treat you as if what you, your reality is not true. And that is a serious thing that you white motherfuckers do a lot. And I don't know why y'all, I'll know why y'all do it. I just don't think you all understand how easy it is for y'all to do that so much so that it becomes second nature. And I think that Blue Sky is not this utopia that we all wanted it to be. Sure, I can like the pictures just as much as any other faggot up to here. That's not the case. The case is that is it equal among people of color, and it's not equal at all. And you can't tell me or say that, oh, that's just your opinion or that's just your point of view when multiple people are having the same point of view. It can't just be, oh, that's only what Nick's thinking. Nick is just probably in his feelings or something like that, or he's just having a bad day or that, whatever the case may be. No, that's not the case. And I know I am going on a long ass rant. <laughs> I feel like I have been talking for five minutes, but it's just something that has really bothered me. Yeah. And I don't know like disengaging then I get that feeling that FOMO that fear of missing out so I'll log back in and then I'll go into this cycle and it's so fucking hard to get out of that cycle I don't you all do not have it is such a difficult process trying to tear yourself from something that sometimes has been your only outlet, especially when you're somebody who is introverted, who has a, an aversion to people because people have mistrust, you, people have betrayed your trust in the past. Mm-hmm. So you get that one outlet and then you see that it's just what it is and it feels like, well, damn, if I can't kick it with these people and I can't kick it with these people, then where else can I go? Mm-hmm. And it's just really, it is really, really fucking tough and lonely. Yeah, I want to say that no, you're not crazy, and because let's let's let's, let's get into blue sky. Blue, blue sky was supposed to be the alternative to Twitter, it was supposed to be safe space and fun and la la la. But what it became real quick as soon as we got on there, right? was this celebration of, you know, sexuality, body, positive, sex positive, which is cool, but it, I am here for that. I yeah, am here totally, for and I'm here that. for it. Give it to me all day. But what we were seeing was a lot of white or white adjacent Latinos or all spicy that. White. Huh? The spicy white. The spicy white. Uh, doing, you know, that cock Friday, which I always laugh because I'm like, that's clearly a white name. <laughs> I, uh, <mean> <laughs> I was like, why can it be can, why can it be fat dick Friday? Why does it be fat cock? And I was like, well, this is white because I'm <laughs> calling it. I have a somewhat <laughs> white partner. 
he don't call it cock. That was one thing that we made sure of. Like, you're not going to call it that. You're going to call it that. That word. Oh, my God. I can't stand that word. Like, it does something to me internally that makes me want to scream. I laugh when people, when you, there's been men who will try to say it in a sexy way to me in the past. And I'm like, you, that, it makes me want to laugh. It feels like we yeah, all. Yeah, it is not sexy. I don't care. It is not sexy. It's, it's not, not. It's not sexy. Cock is a damn chicken and a gun. I mean, right. it, cock, I'm, no, just to say dick, dick is better. Um, right. and, you know, it was all of this and that's, everybody was showing their stuff and, you know, I'm like, oh, that's cute. That's cute. Now all y'all should be doing it, but all right. That, that's in my head. Like some of y'all, I didn't ask for this. I will say, I don't care who shows. I, I mean. Yeah. So you're, you're, big, 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 I, big, whatever. You know, if I enjoy it. You're right. Yeah. I've said to people when I'm on Twitter, I have followed certain people for a certain reason. Here, you're just gonna get if it's gonna get thrown at you. It's like literally being in a dryer. You're gonna get hit with something. It's, gonna, it's just like I'm trapped in this dryer. Everything is hitting me at this point. So good lord. Um, but yeah, it does feel like that. In order for you to have any engagement, you got to show pull a hole, and that's not. Mm -hmm. For those of us who are like, I'm not here to do all that. I'm here to talk about. Let's talk about what happened to Storm in this comic book. Let's talk about, you know, the Marvels. You know, something in that. And I have, since I've been there, I have a mix. There's people I follow because of, yeah, they're cute. And there are some people I follow because we're part of the comic world, a horror world, or geeky world, and we have those good conversations. But it's very hard because if you want to, like, there's a, a particular person. Uh, I won't call them out, but they are a professor. Um, they show things, but they also are very geeky. And we've had conversations on both ends, and I appreciate that. Um, and I, you know, that person is a is a very attractive person. Mm -hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, you know, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I've seen some stuff. Uh -huh, you talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah. We, and I'm like, well, I that's a person that I, you know, we enjoy talking to because they can do that, but they will engage and talk and, you know, you like, they'll put, like, here's my comics, here's my music I'm listening to, and you can say, oh my God, I got that album. Oh, really? You know, like, they, that person keeps a conversation. What I, what I find is missing from Blue Sky is the ability for Black people, I'm just saying Black people in general, yeah. to find ourselves. And I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it almost feels like like people have to start over from Twitter and people like you remember when we had to start over on Twitter and it just felt so laborious and I felt like we can't never like get that same uh we can't get that same following that we did before and now almost moving to a whole nother social media platform, it's like, well, damn, we got to do this yet again. And it's, it's hard. It is really fucking hard. And I don't, I don't think people, I don't think Black people are overreacting. I don't think Black people are being too uh, quiet about this when we say that traction on Blue Skies is hard. Mm -hmm. And finding each other is hard. Yeah. And also, I want to say that we are not saying that, oh, you should stop doing, uh, sharing your news. Well, you should stop 
celebrating your bodies because that is a beautiful thing. And no matter your body shape, your dick size, how short, how tall you are, the color of your skin, if you have a disability, your age, well, I don't want to see you if you are old enough. Yeah, you don't want to see nobody. (laughs) Right. You don't want to see no. You should absolutely celebrate your body and each other. I think what we are trying to say, but we're coming at it from a different end, is that a lot of the times the only voices that are being heard are the voices that are only showing their bodies. And we want to say, well, there's other voices that should be heard. And it just, it reinforces that notion that Black and brown bodies have to be at a 10 versus white bodies have to be at a 5. You know what I mean? Like, we have to be perfect to get half of what they got. And, and, you know, it's another thing. Like, it's funny that I'm on this, I don't want to say, this fitness journey. And I am trying to get into this a good shape, a good form and a good shape, both mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. And it feels like I'm I'm doing this and everybody's life is to a different body type and it makes me feel like, oh that validation is not there. And I know I shouldn't go to strangers for validation. However, we're going to go to strangers for that quick EU validation. And it feels everybody is wanting a different body type. And it makes me feel undesirable. It makes me feel ugly. It makes me feel that black skin is not beauty. So, yeah. That's my rant about blue sky. I just, I don't, I like it. I want more features so I can cut Twitter off because mm-hmm. Mastodon is not working. Hive is no. Threads is non-existent. Facebook is Facebook. Um, Instagram is not. It's a whole different. Absolutely way of did you say still did you did you i didn't did you say is spill still doing stuff i still i've heard once that released it it disappeared like a fart in the wind so i don't know like how many people signed up versus how many people are there now because you know they're not going to release those numbers not yet anyway but i don't see people a lot of people talking about it aside from the emails that we get yeah, I was on it, and I I was like, I didn't feel it was going anywhere because it didn't feel like it was. I like the premise of what it wanted to be, but it felt like I was like, y'all need to be. I felt like it needed to be more like a. It needed to be a tether Twitter, you know, like it needed to be that another one, same format for that to work. If you're gonna get the rest of us to get over there, it was giving. Um, <laughs> it was giving Universal Fan Con. <laughs> that's what I was giving. 
I might go back. I, I'll be honest. I left Spiel because I was like, I'm not really understanding this. So I'm going to step aside. But I, I hate that you feel that that you that you don't feel desire because when you are posting, I mean, first of all, you showed everybody your sickening body. Um, and then you talk about how you ain't got no butt. And I'm like, well, I see curves, so I don't know what you're talking about. But what it is fascinating because it's not that many of us on there, and there's a few who do show their bodies. And I feel like, are y'all, do you feel like y'all have to follow all these white people to get that attention? But now, so. should someone, or maybe you start, because you can start your own particular one. Yeah, the just do one where it's like, this is for black and brown bodies. To... And there's, uh, there's uh, like, um, black guy. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of them. I don't know if there's, I know there's probably more. I don't know. Again, it's us trying to find each other, and it feels like I don't want to say it feels like slavery in a sense, because that would be a gross uh, comparison. But it it feels similar into the way that Black people have been trying to find community mm -hmm. since we were stolen. Yeah, um, it's just it's. It's really um, exhausting sometimes trying it to keep up with the Joneses and trying to eat that part on social media that feels like home to you and feels safe. Yeah. I, I wanted to go back to when you were talking about the whole jet setting thing. And I just said this literally before we got on on, on air there was a black queer person that was like in a bathing suit on the boat, you know, um, having a good time showing off their body. And then someone was fat phobic towards them, but it was another black gay. And I'm like, I'm really trying to understand this whole energy. Where has this come from? Cause I think it ramped up within this year of, mm -hmm. you know, about these, these two feminine, you know, queers and, all the things she was saying about when they want a jet set, when they're at the club, when they're at DC Pride. These are Pride events. Let's talk, let's talk about those real quick. DC Pride, Atlanta Pride, you're going to get the gambit of all types of queers. I don't know. <laughs> and it's funny because it's like one minute, these same people say Black people are not a monolith, but now you're trying to make Black queers a monolith in terms of what we can and cannot do, what we should be doing. And the fact that as Black queer people, we have struggled so much to find an identity, to find a space and place. And the minute that we find an opportunity just to be ourselves and be free, here, I expect that from white folks, but to have our own folks come in, Black queer folks come in and try to tell us how we should be and what we should be doing and everything else. I'm like, really, y'all? Keep your self-hatred to yourself. But for those who are enjoying their, you know, freedom and happiness, they want to jet set, put on a, a dress, put on a scarf, put on some kitten heels and just prance up and down. Let them do that. It's so funny because to make it really simple, Beyonce put out a whole album to, to for, for all of this. 
And most of y'all hoes were at the damn concert all summer, posting pictures, doing everything, surrounded by all types of folks. And then you're gonna turn around and complain about them jet setting at the at DC Pride and that this whole oh that y'all shouldn't be doing that at Pride. Let's get something straight. We both like this. <laughs> so you saying that that it's too much, it's crazy to me. Second, this reinforces that whole toxic masculinity, um, masculinity versus feminine conversation that people have been having since Jesus was in high school. And I really want y'all to move past this basic ass understanding. And I really want y'all to get that you are still holding up these systems of masculinity, especially white masculinity uh, and hyper-masculinity that uh, you said last year were dangerous. So it can't be this or that. It can't be like, oh, I'm gay, but I'm not that. It, it, that's exactly what it is. It's, I'm gay, but I'm not that gay. I'm still a respectable gay. It's still, it's similar to the notion of the respectable Negro. I'm not going to do all that, uh, that black shit. I'm not going to say uh, the N-word because that's uh, reductive uh, in me as a person. Or I'm not going to, I'm not from the ghetto. Or I don't eat, uh, watermelon and fried chicken or soul food. I'm this or that. You know, I talk properly, yada, yada, yada. That's what, that's, y'all are sounding exactly like that. And I really want y'all to fucking quit that. Yeah, I, I do too. Look, we, as gay people, as black queer people, we should be able to do what the fuck we want to do. That's just what it is. And I don't care. What you doing at the at, if you if you're feeling the song, y'all got a routine together, do it, enjoy yourselves. The whole point of pride or is to be free, is to celebrate your freedom, is to celebrate who you are. You cannot police what people should be doing or how they should be acting. I don't know where that came from. Like I said before, keep your insecurities to yourself. If these folks come out here with their routine, let them do it. I, it's so funny because I'm like, I feel like a lot of us who grew up, you know, growing up gay, you saw things, you saw routines, you all wanted, I feel like we all wanted to do routines. I mm -hmm. still love the episode from uh, A Different World, the stepping episode, when they were like, um, they had a step against a rival group and the girls showed up, it was three of them, this little cute routine, they kicked a little leg around. And I was like, I almost died as a kid. And I was trying to memorize that entire move I don't know when I was going to do it, but it was like, I just want to know how to do it. And it was just stuff like that, that, you know, made us feel when we were young and trying to figure shit out. But little stuff like that made us feel something, you know? And so when you have opportunity to do it and you find like-minded people to do something like that, let it be. That is them having, when I was watching that clip, the jet setting clip that people were complaining about, I was like, that was cute. They had a cute little thing and, you know, part of me to be like, well, well, shoot, I wish I had like a little rival group so we could be like, you know, well, you think that's cute and then, you know, do our little thing. But it's cute, but you know, it's like we're not hating on each other. It's like, oh, y'all think it's just like Vogan. That's 
that when you go down, you have your dance crew and y'all battle. That's just what it is. It's like any other dance battle. Mm -hmm. So I don't fucking get why y'all have a problem with this because yeah. it's too feminine for y'all. Because y'all yeah. are scared of femininity. Because femininity has some strengths that you think are dangerous to you as a man. That's what that is. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm like, what do y'all do at Pride then? Because when I'm at Pride, everybody's doing their own thing, having a good time. Music star playing. And of course, people are going to act up and just do some stuff. Pretty much this, this the past couple of Prides here, the minute that Renaissance come on, everybody's out there doing their little everything. Right. Having a good time. Even the, you know, the studly of the studs are out there too. Everybody's out there. So I don't get that. I wish we stopped being mean to each other. You have said this plenty of times on Twitter that we're very mean to each other. I've been seeing other people talk about how we've been very mean to each other. And I don't know what that really is. And I really think we need to quit that because we we don't have to like each other, but we should be kind to each other at the end of the day. Let people have their moments. If they want to, if you don't think they look good, that's your business, but you don't have to say something. You can let that be. If other people are praising them, let them have that praise. If Because that you may want to do the same thing one day. You don't want somebody coming on there talking about you looking like Garfield or whatever. You don't want none of that. So I don't understand what does that mean and what does that really do for them? And I hate that social media has got to a point where you will say and do anything for likes and retweets. Of course, we say things, you know, and we, we do like the, we do like that. We like that engagement. To be honest, I don't expect everything I say to go viral or whatever, whatever. I just say it and then, you know, leave. And sometimes stuff gets a lot of likes. Sometimes things don't. But I don't live by that. I don't need that to complete my day. <laughs> But it feels like people need to do these things, I don't know, to feel light and to the point where they're just saying just terrible things to each other to for that. that. That's, I don't know what's happening. It just feels like that, wow, is that where we're going at? Or this goal to be the mean gay, the mean girl gay. Like, is that a, is that fun? Is that a person? That is so fucking tired to me. Like, please grow up, Jason. You are 40 years old. <laughs> But I, 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 specifically to the conversation about black gay men, we are being those same bullies that we grew up with that tormented us. And a lot of y'all don't fucking see it until something bad is going to happen. And now you're going to be like, oh, well, you, you're going to sing your shoulda, coulda, woulda. So cut that shit off. Like, very, I, I, I like you. I really don't understand this. Like, I cannot like you. I don't have to. Dis, I don't have to engage with you if I don't like you. Like, I don't know why that is such a radical line of thinking. That there's a, a lot of people that I respect online. That doesn't mean that I have to like everything that they like or like everything they say. Like I, there was uh has been a few times where somebody that I respect has said some crazy stuff. That doesn't mean that I'm gonna get in my feelings, jump down their throat, and like we're gonna have this combative argument. I don't have time for that. 
and I don't know how y'all have time for that. There has been stuff that you said that I was like, well, I don't think that, but I'm not going to say, well, Victor, I don't know what the fuck you was thinking, you dumbass, bro, yada, yada, yada. I'm not going to do all that. Like, what kind of... Again, I don't have that kind of time to be arguing with people on social media like that. So I don't think it's like... People get, like, such a rush out of that. And especially when it comes to these fan wars, um, especially you Nikki fans, I don't know. Y'all are some deranged individuals, and I know I need y'all to find some therapy, affordable <laughs> uh, therapy, as soon as possible. Um, some of you, you Swifties, some of y'all need I don't even know if Jesus can help. Um, maybe Sky Daddy. Um, it's just being on social media is yeah. a beast. I, I think that it's interesting because you're right. There's things that people that all of us have said, people that we follow, that we like, that we know, they will say things like, mm, okay, but I don't feel like I need to say anything back. Or I may say something, but I'm not talking to them. I may express where I'm at on this situation. Um, mm -hmm. But that's the neat thing about people and knowing people and having people in your circle. Y'all don't always have to agree. You learn from them on that. Like you learn, like I, it's funny. I think I was talking with um, a few people that we follow that we know. We don't always agree on certain things, but we understand where we, where, where each of us are coming from here and respect that. Uh, I think I was saying that to, um, there's a particular, uh, adult star that I know that, you know, will say things and we have talked on DM where it's like, we will say like, oh, I disagree on that, I agree. But it's funny how we will do that on DM and talk to each other like adults and not bring that to the public forum. And I, I kind of you talk about, yeah. And, uh, and I appreciate the fact that we've had those conversations um, because I will ask like, where you get that from? I got it from this. Where you get where you getting from? So this is where I'm getting it from. This is why. And having that type of conversation, that's where if the, if you have that respect for that person, you will have that conversation enough to be like, this is where we both coming from. I know there's people that I follow that I'm like, okay, y'all, all right. But I also look at it like, right now y'all feeling something, you're going through something, and I'm gonna let you get that out. The same way if I may feel like, what are you doing? Why are you saying, I may say all that and then be like, okay, I got that out. I had that conversation. But if they are ready to have that conversation about what that was about, I'm ready to do that too. I think people have forgot, forgotten that you don't have to agree with everybody. Your faves will not say all the right things. You will not say all the right things. And have that grace for yourself and for others when that goes down. Um, now, if you get on there and just be straight up evil and clowning, now you probably you will deserve the dragging, and you just have to take it. You have to take it or shut your <laughs> responses off, or just log off. Shit. Like I, and I need to practice what I preach. When I'm in and get in a mood, I need to just say, "Let me disengage for a second. Let me, you know." If I'm feeling a type of way about something, let me not go from zero to 60, because you know a bitch can do that quickly. Let me just sit with my feelings for a second and not only sit with them, get through them, because I can sit with them, 
things don't go nowhere. Yeah. Gotta move through them. Or sometimes I'm like, I always ask myself, and I said this yesterday to someone, it's like, do you have to respond? If it wasn't to you, do you have to respond? Do you have to have something to say? Or can you just like, well, that's, you just move on. And I think sometimes there's freedom and just like, I don't really have to respond to any of this. Right. I'll go back and talk about my horror book collection. Like, I'm like, okay, well, y'all have a moment. I may say, what's going on and why? And then just be like, okay, well, that's, y'all have fun with that. I think right. I think sometimes we should ask ourselves, do I have to respond? Do I have to be in the middle of it? You know, use the me, me, me for yourself. Why am I in it? <laughs> like, why am I in it? Do I need to be in it? Let y'all go ahead and do it. There's some stuff that will happen. Like today, I did jump into something about the fat phobic com comics. I was like, that's so ridiculous. But you knew why that person was doing it. But there's things like, you know, with so much that's going on, especially with the world conflicts or politics, I will say a thing or two. And then I'll like, I'll sometimes be like, I'm not going to say anything. Because people already know where I'm at. Or people will know, unless there's something I really need to say. But you get to a point where it's like, I don't really need to comment on everybody's thing or whatever, what have you. Um, now, if it's something funny, well, you can do that all day. But all right, because niggas are gonna we the best joke. Yeah, we will have jokes. Joke like for example, authors that like you know we learned yesterday, you know Cornell West was out here hoeing, got a had a hotel room set up for. Um, you didn't see all that yesterday. Uh -uh. Yeah, they, it's an article why is Cornell West broke. <laughs> <laughs> and then it get into the fact that he's he had I think five ex-wives, he was cheating on them, had one set up in a in the in the four seasons in, you know called a loved in. Um we were and that's why we had jokes because someone was asking, like, why y'all on Cornell West? I was like, didn't y'all not read that article? They just blasted this man about the child support he didn't pay, the alimony he hasn't paid, the fact that he had a place in the four seasons set up for for Hoenn. Like it was just like a lot. I mean, it's better than a motel uh eight or a river. I'm about, yeah, I'm about to say, well, you know, I'm like, I don't know who was sleeping with them, but at least they were going somewhere cute. But <laughs> it was just it's stuff like that. Now when, when it's stuff or George Santos, when that stuff goes down, uh, we gonna have jokes all day. There's a girl over there. Oh my god. She was just like <laughs> Now, if y'all want to talk about a stunt queen, that yeah, huh? The thing put that in the new chapter of Paris is Burning because what not to do? Yeah, what not to do? They here's it's like they'll have the definition of stunt queen, and they can use him as an example of you know the fact that it took three times before they knew they needed to get rid of that. that, that, that there was plenty to get rid of that queen for. Mm -hmm. I will say this about George. George made the best use of that one year. Was giving us cinema though. Yeah, I never seen nobody. He actually, he was acting like he was fucking Neely O'Hara <laughs> in Valley of the Dogs. Like, girl, you are bad. Like, you are fucking up everybody's money. <laughs> I, it just felt like every week I was watching my grandmama soap operas because he'll get up on TV. But I will say he did clown that one Republican when that Republican said, you are a crook. And he said, well, here's a man calling me a crook when he's a wife beater. I'm like, oh, well. Yeah. Shame. 
So that's the type of um, backyard drama that I, I'm coming here for. Like, I, if I come in that day, I would be like, oh, okay, where's my, because right. we about to go down for the rest of the day. Wow. Um, he's already vowed that he's going like, to get revenge on everybody. I'm like, all right. I don't know where you're going to. Tell them down, because they, they, I, there is no such good thing as a, uh, there is no such thing as a good Republican. It's true. I don't care. Oh, well, that's not a matter of Republican. No. No. Because a lot of y'all bitches sit on the side when Obama was getting ridiculed and talked about like a dog when they was telling Michelle that she was a gorilla, when they was talking about them kids like that. No. You, you, this, and this is another thing that has been bothering me. And this all, this kind of ties to Blue Sky and, you know, the Sea of White. You may not be racist. You may not say, I don't like Black people. However, your actions stay different to uphold this system where Black people have been regarded as inferior. You know, whatever you need to do to fix that, that's on you. There's books. Maybe you can find some at your local library. However, that whole um, thing as we need to help Republicans do this, that, or that. No. Why should we? Because that thing, like, um, when Kevin McCarthy was, you want to talk about somebody that don't know, know how to do their motherfucking job. It's her. <laughs> and he uh, brokered that deal to keep the government open, which I don't know why we are still doing that. And then went to the, talk about the Democrats on TV. It's like, well, bitch, why would you say fuck y'all, uh, proverbial fuck y'all on TV, and then say, oh, can y'all help me out? Oh my God, do you hear yourself? Yeah, I was like, yeah, that's a good point. I was like, one minute you're gonna cuss your mama out, but then gonna try and ask her for some money. And I'm like, yeah, but can I? Can you help me with my science fair project that's due tomorrow? And I just uh, told you about it at eight o'clock at night. Yeah, that was funny. It, you know, I'll never forget that. He was, literally got on TV, what was Sunday? Talked about Democrats ain't did shit, ain't did nothing. I love that one person. I forgot where she was, but she would literally, she would just call him out every five seconds. She was like, um, but it was the Democrats who voted for it. It was your team who didn't. You know, she was calling him out. But then, you know, when, and then expect them to come save him. I'm, I'm like, no. And I love that Hakeem was like, oh, you, let's do a vote. Let's do it. Right, let's move on. And a lot of people, there was, um, going back to George Santos, like, uh, or somebody, now I'm getting this from Ken, and he was saying that there was a, a debate, the debate had closed. Um, no, it wasn't George Santos. It was the fact that uh, the appointments of federal judges. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a, a rule that had been stripped out during Trump's presidency mm -hmm. and that made the process quicker. And so the rule wasn't implemented. And Republicans are like, oh, wait a minute. We 
debate on it and yada yada. And they were like, uh, Democrats then said, well, that rule was uh, terminated, so we don't have to have debate on that. And, you know, that uh, Republicans are saying, oh, well, that's not fair and yada, yada, yada. Why would we specifically implement a rule that makes our job harder? Why would we do that? Just in the whole uh, game of playing fair with y'all, like, and this is another thing that Democrats need to do better. Like, stop playing this game that has for years not had the rules that you thought they did. Like, Republicans, as crazy, as racist, homophobic, misogynistic as they are, they, when it's time to fall in line, they fall in line. And Democrats have a tendency to be a little, it's like herding cats. And I need us to kind of get yeah. on a good message, especially I that, now. Yeah, I would say we've gotten better. I know I, I'm not here. I'm not going to trash the squad. I think it, they, they've gotten better because they used to be kind of the ones, but Republicans has kind of, they've gotten really, they're not coming together as good as they used to be. Like, I think when I was watching that that vote for Santos, um, you know, you had that closeted Speaker of the House and everybody else voting for him. And they were also like, no, we ain't voting for this man. This man has sit up here and, and, and just made a mockery of this. So, no. They haven't, I mean, the men, that whole Kevin McCarthy, when, when he was running the first time and they well, went through all those rounds, I was like, y'all not even together on this already. It already looks a mess. Then when they voted him out and could not find somebody, Jim, what's his name? Jim Jordan thought he was going to get it. I'm like, girl, they're not going to let you in either. Girl, like, y'all about his time, but it was, it was so funny to watch. And now they got this queen up in there, the Speaker of the House. They got the other queen out, her and her sweater vest or whatever, those she outfits. Loved, she loved the Argyle sweater, honey. Yeah, I love that. I'm like, well, I don't know what this outfit's supposed to be. You don't swag all this money from everybody. You still buying this stuff from... Old Navy. <laughs> walking around with this Hermes bag. And then you're going to have all that stuff about your husband that looked like you. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Because I was... Are you... Mm. Is that somebody that you pay? Probably. Probably, because I was like, mm, "This doesn't look." He paid this... for that stolen money. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. It looks like you put some money out there on the table and somebody took it. Because no, gays are too ass shallow, and I can't see no, not no twinkyish looking guy being with you. Now I could probably see a bear probably being with him, but I can't really see. That would have some money involved, and you would see him being closeted with a, a woman. Lord, his thing on I'm still out there. Where, who, where was his baby from? Remember, he had that baby. It was the fact that, <laughs> that he was li not only lying; he was bad at lying. It's like saying, "Oh, my mama died in 9/11," <laughs> or like, "Oh, I was like a, a varsity volleyball." I was like. You are lying about things that we could look up. Yes. To look up for like five minutes. 
Like, I, why? Why do you think that? There's yearbooks. There are there are websites dedicated that post everybody's yearbook. I mean, if you want to go back and look, you want to look at my yearbook, your yearbook. You can go look at it right now and see what doing. So he was he was lying about all types of stuff. I'm mad when he got on Fox and Kennedy. If y'all remember Kennedy. Uh, he was talking about, they was like, she was like, so you were using this money for OnlyFans? He said, I just found out about OnlyFans a week ago. I'm like, bitch! Like, things like that. Like, girl, we have hard black and white evidence that you <laughs> not find out about OnlyFans today. And even if you didn't use it, everybody knows what OnlyFans You can't be gay and not know what OnlyFans is. Like, please don't think that we was born last night it's just it's, there's a lot of things that are crazy around the world um, I think let's talk about uh, the Marvel um, because we know we see exactly what y'all are doing we know we've seen it before we have studied it we it's not even implicit anymore. Y'all were mad because A, the Marvels was a female-driven movie. B, it was directed by a Black woman. And C, there was it wasn't centered around men. And y'all cannot take that. Y'all are just so distraught, disheveled, discombobulated that you it's not about you. And you don't know how to take it. It it was it was fun. It was a fun film. I had a good time. And you were right. It wasn't Senator Wild a man. The villain was a, a woman. Um three different women involved, three types of three different types of women and their issues. It was a fun show. Fun show. Fun movie. Y'all hated the fact that it was done by a black woman, and then try to find every little thing y'all could to discredit her. Even little things like what well, she left and this, this, and that. And I was like, mm, that's funny because, uh, you know, what's his name did the same exact thing, and y'all praised him for it. Spielberg, um, same types, Scorsese, they all do similar things that she did. But y'all out here, anytime they throw out a dirty napkin, y'all ready to watch it. So it's just I forbid a black woman be. Um, aware of what she's just, doing her job exactly be cognizant of what she's doing be good at her job uh, all of a sudden she's uppity or she's a bitch Girl, we've seen we've seen they said that about Michelle Obama she was uppity she was uh -huh. it's like yeah we've seen y'all pull the same stunt um, and then try, and then what was that was it Variety or Hollywood Reporter somebody claimed that she didn't go to a party and then I and community notes, you know, sometimes community notes is good. It's like um, a lot of somebody to be to be notes be saving y'all's asses. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's true. If community notes have to correct y'all, then some of y'all companies need to look at who y'all hiring because the fact that y'all let these folks get for mess up y'all credibility, mm -hmm. it all because community notes will be ready. Community notes is literally, um, what's that man Beckham popping out of that room <laughs> calling out Victoria? You did you see that? Oh, yeah. He uh -huh. community notes is like be honest, <laughs> like come out there and be honest. And mm -hmm. I have to say, I never found Beckham cute until I watched that little documentary. But um, 
that was funny when he called out his own wife. <laughs> he um he was like that bad boy, like uh in like what, ten years, ten, fifteen years ago, but now that he's gotten older, whoo. Uh. <laughs> well, I I've always enjoyed him because he was very genuine. Like he I was watching more about like he grew up. That's why one of the reasons why he called Victoria out, because he grew up poor. Like he grew up. He was literally, you know, just poor white trash in a lot of ways. And I think he had, you know, he had to come up. And I think his family depended on him. Y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but depended on him, you know, when he was getting famous, you know, and then Victoria, here she was like, we grew up, you know, working class, even though, you know, her dad was dropping her off in the Rolls Royce <laughs> to oh, school. I was laughing at that because he called her out. She couldn't even say anything after that. She was like, well, it's like, you are posh spice, ma'am. You went to the, you went down to the LADMV with a makeup crew and tried to, to take your picture. Right. Like, girl. We know who you are, Victoria. Right. But anyway. I completely forgot that we have a special guest coming on. We do. Yeah, because girl, we would go ramble and ramble and ramble. We can. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of wrap it up, but we just want y'all to know, like for the, for the record, we did enjoy the Marvels. Um, fuck y'all for Especially that uh, ending scene. Yes, I did not think they were gonna do that. Let me say something. Not only does you know Lashana looks great, you no, know, her thickness, everybody's thickness was showing through. Her, Tiana. But let's talk about Beast. Okay, Beast showed up. Uh, oh, <laughs> spoiler. <laughs> well, at this point, y'all should know. Um, but if y'all don't know, at the very end, you know, Monica is somewhere else. She wakes up. She sees um, her mother, who's not her mother. She's binary. Now, to for the comic heads, binary is Carol Danvers. That was when she lost her Miss Marvel powers to Rogue. She hung out with the X-Men and then ended up hanging out with the Star Jammers. That's Scott's daddy and his crew. Mm -hmm. uh, and she got some powers and became binary. But now binary is um, Monica's mama. But and that she wakes up in, we believe the X Mansion, because um, we see the X, we see that famous room going to Cerebro, but B shows up with his open shirt. <laughs> now I have to say, I was like, okay, Beast, um, what's going on? Like you know, hmm. how your mom in there? What's yeah. Under what's under that coat? You know, like what's going on? <laughs> well, this be like you know, I'm I'm not gonna lie. The, the last beast was kind of cute, but this beast kind of hit different. I was like, oh, okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're going to be looking good, who else going to be looking good? But, and I think this might be a later episode. We're going to probably have to talk about, well, who's going to be on the team? Mm -hmm. who we know which team, what they go for. Yes. And I can already, I feel like we have an idea. I, I know Storm will be. I say that because Marvel when they was doing some, last year at Target, they was doing this holiday outfit where they had Miles, 
Storm and another black character on it. And Storm had a different looking type of outfit, but it was done by the MCU Marvel people for Target. So I was like, okay, that means she's coming. Yes, but I'm very, who's going to be up in it? I remember the rumors were saying that the X-Men were not even going to be thought about until 2025. However, that don't mean that we could give you sneak peeks about it. And, you know, something could change in a casting whenever that uh, happens. But if we're supposed to get X-Men then, right now they should start showing hints of us of them being there. I think we're going to get them all in Secret Wars. This is why I'm saying it. If y'all read or remember the original Secret Wars, they were all brought to a particular planet or realm by the Beyonder. And that's where it was all, it was all the Marvel books. So they gather these people because the multiverse has been everywhere. Loki just ended all that the multiverse is real we know there's different areas we know they talked about the scarlet witch maybe coming back the one in our timeline is dead but the one um and that one timeline is alive because we do remember her. she was the one that wanda took over but we know that version is alive so you know the secret wars because they thought they're talking about doom they're talking about um, Fantastic Four. And yes and no, Pedro is in the talks. He is not Mr. Fantastic. Right. Um, and if y'all don't know that, he's not because that man is doing two major shows. <laughs> so I don't know when he's going to have time. He's on one of the biggest shows right now, The Last of Us. I don't think he's going to have the time. And the man. That money is right. I bet if that money is right, he. Well, he'll probably do it, but you know, I don't, I don't want my baby stressed out. So, you know, uh, I don't want my baby stressed out. I don't know what he was to you, but he's with he's mine. You may oh. have had one, but I got him all the time. Oh, okay. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, as you see, that we we're gonna be out here um doing wig offs for Pedro, but um. I think Secret Wars is going to be when they bring everybody together because it's going to be a few. Um, there's rumors about Tony returning, um, Cap returning. Cap can return. I'll be fine with that because he's not dead. Right. It's Joe Biden right now, but that doesn't mean... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they had to... to save the economy, that's all. Yeah. He's a... Well, he's just trying to stay alive to do this. Then he'll come back. And... Right. But... Um, you know, I, I I rebuke the the thing that MCU is dead. I think they've hit a point, but I think they're smart enough to be like, okay, let's 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 just sit down for a while. And Bob Iger needs to be quiet. Don't but, <laughs> like stop talking about execs. We didn't have enough execs on the thing. Just be quiet. Let Kevin do what Kevin does. Right now, you're going to question this man's uh, vision. Now, yeah, he's been keeping the lights on. Right here's now, y'all, y'all, please go find some business. Go count your money on your yacht, okay? 
Yes, and annoy us with it. But what we, but what is also coming, and we'll talk more about this in the future too, is the new DC universe. Now, since the whole um, strike is over, you know they already they they cast a lot of people before the strike started. Now they're going they're continuing stuff. They're about to start the work. Um, we've talked about how we are excited to see what James Gunn gonna put together with these folks. Um, but Zack Schneider basically just told y'all this week that his universe is dead. So y'all quit asking for it. It is dead. Um, which I I think um, what's that? Uh, Aquaman is it? I don't think Aquaman is it. To be completely honest, and I think that he was not cast right. Uh, Jason Momoa should have been Lobo. Yes, and I hope they do reconsider. I think that that was a rumor too. I hope they reconsider him as Lobo because that's who he looks like. You know, as long as he looks good, he gonna look good in whatever it is. I'm yeah, gonna that's be the easy part. Yeah, and you know, I'm going to go see this Aquaman movie because they got him, my husband, um, Black Manta, and then my other husband. His brother or whatever he um Patrick Wilson. They got all three of them hoes in one movie. You and Patrick Wilson. Just... Why? Y'all don't you don't see it? You don't see it? I don't see it. I've never seen it for that man. Never seen it for Patrick. Patrick is okay, Yaya, yeah, Yaya, of course. I you have to see it for Yaya. Uh, yeah. And I'm gonna see it for him. You know, I'm rooting for him. I want him to destroy them all. Beat them up in a in a in a jock, and that's fine with me. Um, that's that's waterware, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. He can wear his harness, and 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 that would be. I'm here for yeah. you know. We all seen what that man has to offer. We've already seen that in Watchmen. Um. Yeah. And and so you know, I'm only here. I'm really here for those three, and that's why I'm only really I'm going. Um, but. Uh, you know, that's that universe is over. We have a new universe coming. Um, and well, uh, Gal Gadot, she might want to get her resume together. Well, she ain't coming back. I don't know where she going to be, but... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> My point. Like... <laughs> uh, and, you know, we talked about it earlier, but it, I thought it was funny when that whole little moment of, she said, well, I, I believe I'm coming back. I'm like, girl, I don't think you're coming back. I'm like, oh, James. Mm. I hope you didn't order a new uh, business card. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if he ain't bringing Harry Cavill back, girl, what makes you think you coming back? They did him so dirty, though. Like he was, he had quit. But that's uh, the, the Witcher. That's the Rock's fault because the Rock got that hyped all she up. Was messy. The, she was messy boots. <laughs> It was ugly. It was very I went back and talked to Henry, brought him back for what you call it. I'm like, girl, did you clear with HR? Because everybody else. Right. Because everybody else said, and I'm mad because um, James was like, well, that's cute and all, but I have a person I'm bringing in. It, it, it was like, how you know, in, in companies, when you get a new president or a new director, they gonna bring in, then they start bringing in their own people that they worked with. That's what he like. He was like, okay, well, that's cute. Y'all had Henry. I've seen enough. I got a new Henry coming in. They literally look alike. They almost look alike if you look at both of those men. Like people. 
<laughs> but they bring him in, and I'm like, you know, Henry will be all right. As long as Henry shows those cakes, he will be all right. He will be all right. Um, so let's go ahead and wind down, because I know we've been talking about a, a minute. Yeah. Um, so this is our last episode of 2023. Uh, we do have a special guest. Uh, so stay tuned for that interview for this uh, series that is currently out. Um, anything else you want to say before? Um, we... No, y'all have a good year. You know, this has been a crazy year. We're about to go into another one. Um, but, you know, y'all be healthy. Take some, take your meds, drink some water, go outside, please. Um touch yourselves and relax <laughs> right um i don't have anything really just leave people alone be gentle, be yeah. gentle with yourself I yeah <laughs> all right we'll see y'all soon all right and we are back this week on Sheen, we have a very special guest he is a graduate of Florida International University. He's been in countless commercials for major brands such as AT&T, XXL Sports, and World Cup. He's appeared on numerous TV shows such as America's Most Wanted and most notably Criminal Minds as Jimmy Bennett. He is here to talk about his role as Chase in the TV series Boy Culture Generation X. Please welcome to Megashin Jason Caceres. Hi, thanks for having me. Quite the thank intro. You. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And we're just going to go ahead and get started in this interview. Uh, Victor, you want to fire away with the first question? Yes, yeah, sorry. I <laughs> am really excited about this because I do remember the first time of seeing this Blew it back in the day, and then just to see this coming back, um, this is really great. So, Jason, tell us about your role as Chase in boy, in boy culture. So, I play Chase, who's um, this young, sassy, I'm hesitant to say the word twink, but it is in the description of the character. Um, I'm not very fond of the word, but it is what it is. It's a young, sassy twink if you will, um, who kind of takes X, the lead character, under his wing because X finds himself in a situation where he has to go back into the world of sex work. Um, but this series takes place 15 years after the original movie, so times have changed. Um, there have been quite a few developments, uh, technologically speaking, uh, <laughs> that have seeped into sex work. So... Chase being the young new um, addition to the show takes X under his wing and shows him how to navigate the world of Rent Boy, OnlyFans, um, Grinder, because this is all new to him. It wasn't around when he started hustling back in the day. Um, so he's kind of like X's un unwilling mentor, if you will. <laughs> It's kind of funny to think about the fact that a lot of that was not around 15 years. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, was a, a, it was like back pages and ads. So that is yeah. really 
fascinating how much it's changed in 15 years. Yeah, or like men's restrooms and you tap under under the stall. So I've heard. Well, they still do that. Does it say that still happens? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I believe it still happens. Um, anybody's, you know, pretty much, for those of you in L.A., especially WeHo, the gym, that's another story, but <laughs> things <still happen. laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't think they're as discreet in West Hollywood as... <laughs> we're making it out to be yeah so jason how much did you influence the character chase or did you have any kind of did you bring any kind of influence in chase i think i think if i remember correctly the only thing that they may have adjusted slightly was um the fact that i'm i'm cuban so my first language mm -hmm. was Spanish and uh, the cast of boy culture is already so diverse, but they didn't necessarily have Latin representation. So I believe one of the table reads, I was like, wouldn't it be kind of fun if some of the lines were just like, you know, like in Spanish, just mm -hmm. a, a little shout out to my people. Um, so <laughs> I, I influenced that a little bit, I, I believe. So I think, I'm not sure if any of them made the final cut. I can't remember now, but it, we made Chase a, a, a little bit Latin. Um, so he has a, a little bit of a spicy flavor. Um, but the character was pretty much fully formed when it was written. Um, I mean, Matthew Redmond and Alan Brock are geniuses. So it was pretty easy to fall into the character. They, they wrote a great, well-rounded individual. And I just brought my personality and memorized the lines and said them on set. <laughs> Yeah, Chase is a because I was ready, I was set to hate him. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be fully honest. But then he kind of what he says throughout the the movie is relevant. And it's like I kind of warmed up to him like midway through. I was like, he's not a bad guy. He just in the pursuit of money, there's a point that you have to get there, and he's just gold driven. Yeah. Yeah, he's a little he's a little abrasive at first. Um, he definitely is the kind of person that knows what he wants and goes for it, regardless of who, who's standing in the way. Um, but we do see a little bit of uh, tenderness between him and X, especially towards the end. Um, right. So everyone's gonna have to watch it. But it's it's interesting because I've a, a lot of people have told me that um, at first they don't like Chase and they can't relate to him, and he's such a terrible person a little bit of an asshole can i say that I, oh there it is <laughs> um but if he truly were that terrible of a human being in my opinion he wouldn't be wasting his time with someone like x uh, showing him the ropes taking him under his wing i mean if he were really a self-centered uh egocentrist sassy little twink he would not waste his time with this 40 year old man trying to show right. him how the modern world works. So there is something in there that causes Chase to to feel for this man, to show him around, to basically mentor him. Maybe, maybe I don't know, Chase didn't have a dad growing up or maybe he, whatever it may be, we don't really get to explore his backstory too much. Um, 
so I, I like to think that he's a multifaceted character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, a, another thing that you brought up that uh, Chase is mentoring X and X is this older person. And so oftentimes we see the gay elders mentoring the younger guys. So it's good to see it change, um, see this dynamic flip, especially with uh, how we're talking, discussing the escort service and rent boys and all of that jazz. Yeah, he kind of becomes his pimp a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> that was referenced a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So, Jason, can with you... a heart of gold. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Jason, can you tell us about the audition process and how was that for you? Um, it it wasn't the traditional. Um, I got the audition, I sub, you know, submitted for it, sent in my self-tape. It actually came through a little bit of a back channel. So someone else was already slated to play Chase. Uh, something happened, it, it, it fell through. Um, so a friend of mine that I was in a play with sent me Daryl's tweet asking for um, someone in their late teens, early 20s, which I totally was at the time. We believe that, right? <laughs> I was in my early 20s um, to play this like sassy, fun uh, chase character. I was like, I mean, okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot. So I think I reached out to Daryl first on Twitter. He emailed me Alan's email. I then emailed Alan all of my materials, like my demo reel, my resume, my headshot, um, who then emailed me back the sides for the audition. I shot the self-tape at home, sent it back to him. Then they called me in in person for the callback, and then I booked it. So thanks to social media and Daryl um, <laughs> is how I landed this role. And of course, you know, the other person not being able to do the role, which I mean, <laughs> I that kind of helped. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that kind of helped. Well, that's good. That's kind of usually it's oh, I have to go into this. You you know, usually it's this whole grand process of auditioning and then auditioning some more. It's nice to know it's kind of seeped in real world kind of tactics. Yeah. It was a little bit more organic, I would say, because it was like a friend right. of a friend who was like, hey, I think you'd be great for this. And then let me connect you. And then we got connected and the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> right. So how is what takes place in Boy Culture Generation X as far as the um, older generation needing to be brought up into current times indicative of what occurs in queer male community? Um, I think it's I think it's very I think it's something we see with every generation. I don't think it's very specific to the queer community in general. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of like the natural process of aging and progress. New technology comes about, new ways of um, living, new methods of going about your your daily life. And we see older generations kind of like fall back and are unable to catch up. I see it with my parents. I had to teach my parents how to text and they still text me, 
hey, call me. And I was like, that's not, that defeats, that defeats the purpose, <laughs> the text message. But okay. Um, and even with the next generation after me, um, there's so many more technologies now that I don't even know how to use. And I'm like, you know what, you guys, what, what is this TikTok? That's mm-hmm. all you guys. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily specific to queer men. I would say the major difference would be that less less so now, but we don't historically really have a lot of gay elders that we can fall into this process naturally because of everything that happened with the AIDS crisis, the 80s. We kind of don't, we lost out a lot of that whole like mentorship process coming from the older generation, the mm-hmm. younger generation being able to turn back and like teach them the new ways. So I'm, I'm glad that we see that a little bit in boy culture. Um, but I, I would say it's just a natural process of aging and, and generational gaps are going to exist for the rest of eternity. I don't know if any of that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Um, being someone who is you know, going into the elder phase, um, it is interesting to think about when I was in college, we didn't have internet my first year, my until, yeah, my first two years in college and how things change once that happened. And that was a lot, but also understanding mm-hmm. how things have changed from, I remember when gay.com started um, and what that <laughs> meant at the time. Wow, I am really getting up there so yeah it's, <laughs> those particular times um especially for those of us who, those of us who are getting older and seeing how the new generation is you know a little bit more free a little bit more you know out there than what we were so it's, it's all fascinating and i think in this in boy culture people will kind of see some of that and kind of relate to some of the characters in those particular pieces but there was something in it i want to ask you about well, okay. um, so that part when the YouTuber was hiring X and talking, and I think they mentioned like, well, this is a closeted actor. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. But it's very interesting because we are seeing, you know, every once in a while on Twitter, people talk, there was something recently about people who are closeted or, you know, playing games or, you know, about being gay and what have you. How do you feel about closeted actors and what they may have to go through in order to get roles or be a part of the Hollywood experience? Um, it's, it's a very interesting question because I, I, there's, there's this interesting phenomenon happening now where there are many more gay roles available. Um, so we see a lot of actors a little bit more comfortable coming out or claiming I, that they're queer in one way or another. M- maybe to, I don't know, I'm very hesitant to use the word queer baiting, <clears throat> but that has been yeah. very popular in, in today's culture. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I, I don't think necessarily there's still a huge need for actors to stay in the closet in order to obtain these roles, especially since we're seeing so many more gay roles in mainstream media. Um, that is to say though, it still it still happens. We still have actors in the closet because if they do come out, um, it'll mess with their their persona, their image, their leading man roles. Because while there are more gay roles, it's 
probably what, maybe 10% of all mainstream media is now gay, which is more than before, but it's still not enough to sustain, you know, a, a lasting career, I would say. Um, right. I think it's still very relevant. I think we still have a lot of actors that are in the closet for fear of losing everything they've built. Um, and a lot of up and coming actors that don't want to come out because they don't know how that's going to affect the longevity of their career. Um, I, it's too late for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Um, plus I've, I've always been very comfortable with myself and my sexuality expressing who I am. So I'm of the mentality that I would rather kind of live an authentic life and whatever comes great, however that affects my career, I'll deal with it. Um, but that, I, I believe you're referring to the episode with Steve Grand, right? Who's the big YouTuber that um, loves Steve Grand, by the way. He actually gave me my first job in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, it's a, basically what I'm what I'm trying to say is that it's still very relevant. And I'm glad they took some space to include it in there because while there is much more representation, there are still a lot of people that feel like it's not safe for them to come out and not just in Hollywood, all over the world. So it's, mm -hmm. it's great that we give them a, a little nod in this as well. Yeah, and it's interesting. I work with uh, a lot of students who are in the acting department and they are really, sometimes they do struggle with how do I really present myself? What do I need to do? And how do I, should I be out there? Should I not be out there? So yeah, it's a very interesting thing that even in 2023, it's still a struggle, but yet those who are out and proud, I think they're really changing how people view that and how that should be lived. Doesn't mean you have to be all over the place, but it means that you can still be yourself and still enjoy the opportunities that are given to you, so. Yeah, and the good thing is there's so many outlets, so many channels, so many streaming services that the opportunities are out there. I mean, they're not all going to pay a million dollars, but the opportunities right. are out there. And if they're not, there's so, so many ways to create your own content now too, that it's, it's less of an issue having mm -hmm. to hide who you are because again, there's so many creatives out there now, Yeah, uh, but it's still a thing. Exactly. So the situation with X and the underage minor, I think it highlighted how cool we as gay people, we as queer people can be towards one another. From your perspective, you know, growing up uh, in the 90s into now, do you think the bullying between ourselves has gotten worse thanks to, thanks to social media and the advancement of technology? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think it's, um, it's, it's probably always going to be a little prevalent because human beings by nature are, are creatures of conflict. Um, but what I like about that episode is that it kind of flipped the whole bullying aspect because before mm -hmm. what we saw a lot was, um, gay teens, gay children being bullied for being gay in this episode without trying to spoil everything, we kind of see the opposite happening where the minor is being told by his friends that he's not gay enough or he's, you know, he's not a good gay, which is kind of mm -hmm. funny, but it still happens. Um, 
when I was in college, my be- my best friends have always been girls. Um, she used to say that I was a bad gay because I hated shopping and I had no sense of style. I'm like, okay, she meant it in a very, you know, funny, comical. She's still my best friend. Um, <laughs> but that can also be a little damaging and that can kind of hurt someone's self-esteem. Like, oh, so I'm not, I'm not doing this right, but I am gay. There's one way to be gay when it's, no, there's, there's many, many different ways to express yourself as a homosexual individual. Um, Right. So it still does happen. Social media has added to it because social media gives people an anonymous platform to express your opinions with absolutely no filter. And when you can hide your face, you can be as cruel as you want to be because there are no repercussions. So it's definitely Mm -hmm. gotten a little worse because of social media. Right. And it wasn't lost on me that they had that after be minority because oftentimes, and I I think that maybe you can also um, speak on this, that when it comes to minorities, we have to be uh, there's either it's being too black or too gay and or it's to this or it's to that, um, you know, uh, being with hanging out with black people we're sometimes looked as not black enough because how we speak or whatever the case may be or hanging out with gay people. We're not gay enough because we don't like shopping or we don't like Broadway or we don't like Madonna or whatever the case may be. Um, those kind of isms are always exacerbated in minority communities. Yes. Yeah. I th- I think it may stem a little bit from the fact that um, minorities have always kind of been um, ostracized or labeled as other. So there's this one thing that we attach ourselves to or that creates our identity. So as a gay community, Madonna is our icon. So we all love her and that brings us together. Um, I think as we move forward in society and there's more acceptance, um, there's less of a need to idolicize a single like thought or theme to bring everybody together. So hopefully that starts dissipating. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, I experienced a lot of a lot of things similar to what you're talking about as a first generation Cuban American, um, where my parents speak Spanish, not English, but in school everyone speaks English, not Spanish. So it's like, and when I'm hanging out with my family, I'm Americanized or I'm not really Cuban anymore because I'm Cuban American or I speak Spanish with a slight American accent. So you're not really Cuban, but then in school it's like, oh. You don't know the English word for this. You're not really American. You're, you're, you know, you're Cuban. Mm-hmm. I'm not Cuban with the Cubans, but I'm Cuban with the, it's just, it's a weird line that we have to toe being part of so many different minorities also. Right. And then of course, later on when I came out as gay, it's like, okay, well, you're not gay enough because you don't like shopping or you don't go out bar hopping every night what kind of gay are you you know whose liver could take that though i mean (laughs) you'd be surprised (laughs) (laughs) the people down here oh my god they can drink like and we drink heavy like fireball and you know all this whiskey and bourbon the dark liquor (laughs) i was in a fraternity in college so i did have my moment you know (laughs) 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 but we've moved past that 
Yeah. Right. So since you've been in this show, has any of this kind of opened your mind or changed or maybe not did much about how you see sex work? Um, and going along with that, um, how has it kind of, you know, opened your eyes or maybe not um, to the, how we have relationships with sex as gay men or queer men? Um, I, well, I mean, sex work is the oldest profession in the book, as they say. <laughs> so I definitely think that it needs to be destigmatized. It is, it is work. It's, it's in the word, it's sex work. And it, it, it closely ties to my opinion on it's not your body, leave it alone. You know, so if, if someone wants to, uh, commodify their physique in that way, let them, it's none of your business. You know, you why do you care what people are doing behind their clothes, their clothes? I mean, maybe spice up your own life. But <laughs> I I think sex work is valid. I think it should be destigmatized. Um definitely should be legalized. It's it's kind of it's always been so strange to me because you can film yourself having sex and sell it and make money and that's legal. But if someone hires you to have sex with them with no camera, that's prostitution and that's illegal. So I don't I don't quite understand the distinction there. Yeah, yeah. If you're creating content in the private of your privacy of your bedroom for monetization purposes, that's legal. If you're doing the same thing, but there's no camera on, that's illegal. I don't get it. But anyway, I, I've kind of always had that opinion. I don't think that being in the series has changed what I think about sex work. Um, I'm of the mind that it's none of my business. Do what you do. Um, I do think that it's much more prevalent now because of OnlyFans, stuff like Grindr. So it's, it's much more in your face and people are more aware of it, that it, it does happen. But again, it's legal. There's a camera. Um, I will say, I do think the show opened up my mind a little bit to how gay men relate to sex. Um, because I, I grew up in a very accepting, welcoming family where being gay was not an issue. So I had the education. I had the understanding. Um, and I guess the mentoring from my own elders about what a healthy relationship with sex should be, how regardless of whether it's gay, straight, uh, queer, whatever kind of sex, um, not everyone has that. So a lot of people have a very unhealthy relationship with sex. It's very prevalent in gay communities. I would say a little bit more than straight communities just because it's stigmatized so much more. So seeing all these different characters in the show and how some of them are really repressed. Some of them um, are really ashamed. Uh, some of them don't know basic things like, um, well, I guess they're basic now, but they weren't before, like sexual health care, like PrEP or even something as simple as condoms. Um, I think there should definitely be much more education on 
every single kind of alternative kind of sex, because then that guides people in the right direction. And it's, it's, it's much safer. So I will say the show did open my mind to that. Not everybody had the same upbringing I did or the same relationship with sex I did. Yeah, it, it's it's very interesting because as I was speaking earlier about, you know, different generations, the way we understood sex, and I'm from the South, um, it was so like way over there, but yet we were so curious about it. But And things have changed now to where people learn about sex right away. I mean, it's right on the internet. You know, we had to, we had to go like, you know, I don't know, bathrooms, hidden corners, with the, just even <laughs> picture. Now it's easy. You learn about sex from a bathroom? <laughs> well, no, well. <laughs> no comment, got it. <laughs> I mean, y'all able to learn a lot now than compared to what we used to back in the day. Yes. Yeah. Like there's, going there's to those much, uh, health books avenues. and whatnot. Sorry? I said like going to those health books. Like, um, I know like my mom, when she was studying at social work, like she had all of these sexual health books that that's what I got from that's how I learned about the penis and <laughs> sex because uh, you know she didn't have time to be uh, teaching oh well this is what happens when this happens she had three kids to raise public housing, school, work cats bills you know she wasn't trying to worry about she had enough on her plate. That's what I'm just trying to say. Yeah, but... so the birds and the bees were not her per priority. Exactly, exactly. And luckily I think, I came... right. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I was just gonna say luckily, or maybe unluckily, I come from a very large, loud Cuban family who is, shame is not in their dictionary. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> think they've, they're familiar with the word. There might not be a word for it in Cuban Spanish. It just does not exist. So they were very open when they spoke about sex. Right. I should talk to my therapist about that. <laughs> I just met, uh, I got two appointments, one mine this week, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, therapy. So um, you've been involved with a, in a variety of creative outlooks, like from poetry you were in music videos. You even had artwork displayed. Have you always gravitated towards these uh, outlooks? And which are your favorite? I, I've always been a, a pretty artsy, kind of like creative person. Um, I was always doodling in class. I was kind of like singing in the shower my whole life. Uh, I did take a lot of art classes growing up, mainly because my mom wanted to make sure we were too busy to try drugs <laughs> is how she would put it. So we did art classes. We did uh, choir. We did baseball very briefly until she was like, ah, this is not your thing, is it? So that was, that was a very brief period of my life. Um, so I've, I've always had my hand in something creative um, I was also a Boy Scout for about 10 years of my life. Um, so we did a lot of like skits and plays and arts and crafts. And of course, there was some camping, which I hated. But <laughs> there was always I always gravitated to the artistic side of it. 
what my favorite would be. Um, I really, obviously acting is my passion. Um, I really enjoy music videos, acting in music videos. Uh, they're fun. They're usually pretty quick. Um, they're like over a weekend, two or three days. Um, everyone's, the, it's just the ambiance is different. Everyone's a little lighter. It's less stressful. There's music playing. Um, it's more of like a party atmosphere most of the time. Mm -hmm. It's a music video. It's supposed to be fun. So I right. really enjoy those. I think I've done about like eight at this point. Um, and then, of, of course, campy gay comedies are my forte because they're a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, as you may know, we talk about a lot of geeky things, comic books, comic book movies, video games. What are things that you really geek out about? And do you kind of get into those type of things like comics and video games and what have you? I can't say that I do. Um, I, I think the last video game I played was Overwatch. And that was because an ex of mine was obsessed with it. So I was like, I'll try. That did not end well. Um, I'm not very good at video games. I, I've tried. It's just, it's terrible. Um, what do I geek out about? I geek out about, hmm, I'm, I'm a huge sitcom person. So anytime someone mentions any sitcom, I've probably already seen it. I will tell you what I think about it. I'm right now currently re-watching Big Bang Theory. I'm on season eight, almost done. Um, my favorite all-time sitcom is Baby Daddy because I'm a huge Melissa Peterman fan. Um, <laughs> I've loved her since Reba. She is fantastic. Uh, I would say I would say television is what I geek out about the most. That's cool. I because of Pluto and Tubi, I'm able to go back and watch old ones like Alice and those old shows because I, I kind of miss that old way of you know sitcoms and those type of things. I always tell people that you get a chance look at the older ones like. The 80s. Oh, Laverne and Shirley? Yeah. That's my all-time older sitcom. Even, <laughs> even before I Love Lucy, because I Love Lucy is pretty up there in, in my yeah. opinion, but Laverne and Shirley tops it. It's just, it's the only show that has actually made my stomach hurt from laughing. Yeah. It's very like slapsticky, older style kind of sitcom comedy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, Genius. The good old days. The good old days. Almost like the Carol Burnett show. Yes. Yeah. yeah, kind of. Except that one was kind of a little bit more of like a variety. Variety show. Kind yeah. of show. Um, where Laverne and Shirley had a little bit more of a narrative. Um, yeah, right, right. Just as wild. <laughs> the characters on that show, you just don't see that anymore. You know. Right. Maybe, um, Carmine. You know, it, Car it was Carmine. Yeah, it's, oh, so many things. And the father... Yeah, yeah, shows are a little different now. Gotta, yeah, take a look just at a skosh, just a skosh different. <laughs> not much, not much has changed, but just a little bit. Yeah, I was, like what was it like? Uh, All in the Family was it that I was randomly going through the commercials and they were just spouting up all kinds of stuff. I was like, oh, okay, so they're just doing that. Yeah, a lot of it hasn't aged well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Not> aged well. <laughs> <laughs> 
even even recent shows like Big Bang Theory, I'm rewatching. I'm like, oh, they got away with that joke. That yeah. wasn't so long ago. That's yikes! Like the the early arts and those shows, oh, the shows, the fashion. It was just a weird fucking time for us. Yep, it was strange. But yes. I'm sure people will say. It. I'm sure people will look at boy culture in 50 years and be like, "What in the world?" Right. What are? They, why are they wearing that? <laughs> so anti Christians. The, yeah, it's all part <laughs> of the whole, you know, right aging process, I guess. <laughs> so, one final question: What is next for Jason Kukera? Um, I'm currently shooting uh another series called open to it which is why my hair is purple at the moment uh so our last day of shooting is today actually have to be there in Mm -hmm. two and a half hours so i've got time um so i'm shooting the final the final day for that um it's a another campy gay comedy it's really fun um my character changes hair color every three episodes this is the fourth hair color i've had so my That's hair not permanent, is not with me. Sorry? It's not permanent, is it? Just like the... Uh... Oh, it's permanent. <laughs> oh, It's wow. permanent. There's a whole okay. bleaching process every single time. Then a whole dyeing. It takes about four to five hours every time they dye my hair. So oh, it's wow. been blonde, blue, pink, and now this purple that you see. Um, and then it'll be green for the next one from what I hear. But, oh, wow. So we're wrapping on that today. Um, I'm also shooting a feature called A Love Like This, starring um, Emmanuel Shriki and Hayes MacArthur. Uh, and I'm starting a horror film in a week and a half um, that I can't really talk about, but I can say it's a horror film. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a few things in the works, basically. Oh, okay. Victor, so Pierre Alley, he's the yep, I'm resident I'm- horror buff. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'll let you know all about it when I can. <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be great. Um, yeah, you know, horror in this town is such a big thing. Um, we, it's a new queer horror movie out right now. Um, it's a wonderful night. <laughs> so, it's called? Yeah, that's a very interesting film. Um, but yeah, I'm looking, I'll, I'll be interested to hear about this horror film when you can talk about it. Um, yeah. We'll be on the lookout for that as well. <laughs> it's It's also a queer horror film, so... Yes, great. <laughs> more, more, more. I right up this alley. <laughs> so, um, Jason, thank you so much for coming on our show. If you would tell everybody where they can uh, follow you on social media, um, and tell us when uh, Boy Culture Generation X is set to debut. So, uh, Boy Culture Generation X is out now on. Amazon, Deku, Apple TV. So it's already available to stream. Uh, And all of my social medias, I have made it super easy for everyone. It is the same across all platforms. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. I'm still going to call it Twitter. I'm not calling it X. Uh, Yeah, I'm not calling it X neither. Uh, Snapchat, YouTube. It's all just Jason S and then Caceres for my last name. So Jason S for my middle name, Caceres. Pretty easy. Excellent. Yeah. And you can follow us all over social media. We are at Megashine. It's a me- it's Megashine one. <laughs> yeah. Girl, I have I have been 
on an edible ever since like Wednesday. So please excuse oh, me, y'all, because <laughs> it was a birthday weekend. I'm still celebrating. Um, it is Megashine One all over social media. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> We're oh, I am so sorry. <laughs> that is so funny. That is a powerful um edible. But yeah, oh, she was kicking my very ass. relaxed. So yes. I am in my Zen state right now. I love that. But yes, make a shame all over social media. Um you can like, rate, subscribe to the podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcast. Um, that's Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. Um I don't think Stitcher is a thing anymore. I think no, they closed that down. They close it down, but we're everywhere else, you know, Spotify. Yes. So. Oh, yeah, even Spotify. Yes. Um, You're everywhere. Easily available. Yeah, easily available. It, like X. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and X <Chase>. and Chase. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we will see you all next time. Again, Jason, thank you so much for coming to the show. Um, Victor, is there anything else before we get up out of here? No, just, you know, stay safe, stay educated, and hydrate. Hydrate. Exactly. <laughs> and we will see you all next time. <laughs>